Hello, everybody. Joel Junker here with another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. In this podcast, we're back to uh, interviewing our alumni. Uh, I think I've had a couple of breaks since my last podcast where I was interviewing an alum that's working in business. Has had some special ones where I interviewed Roger Cameron Renee Brooks, uh, the founders. That was episode 100. And then uh, episode 102, uh, where I interviewed the author, Frances Cole Jones. Uh, and Frances is not only an author, but she is a, uh, a coach, somebody that coaches people on how to present themselves. And she's the author of How to Wow. Heard great feedback from both of those. And then for me personally, also the other podcast I recently did was with Kevin Byrne, who, an alum of ours who is, as he said, twice retired. Retired from the, the Army be, because of uh, a multiple sclerosis and then uh, retired from corporate America because of the disease as well. He talks about his fight against the disease. So I encourage you to check those out. But I think you'll really enjoy this one. I talk with uh, Cameron Brooks alumnus Eric Robichaud, who made the transition a couple of years ago with to a company uh, called Love's Travel Stops. Many of you might be familiar with them uh, on your travels, uh, but the, Eric talks about his career with Love's and the immense amount of responsibility that he has in his career and how quickly he's been promoted multiple times in the last two years. So I hope you enjoy. Eric, thank you for the, uh, joining the show and being a guest today. Um, maybe we can just have you start telling a little bit of the listeners about your military background and then very bl- briefly what you do at Loves, and then we can dive into your transition and any advice you want to pass on to the listeners. Sure. Well, thanks, Joel. Um, so I commissioned out of West Point in 2012 uh, in missile defense or air defense. I was stationed in El Paso, Texas for a THAAD unit, Terminal High Altitude Air Defense Area Defense, um, as a platoon leader. Um, and I spent most of my five-year career in El Paso, um, deploying back and forth between there and, and Guam, where we had our weapon system stationed. Um, so I TCS'd to Guam twice, once as a platoon leader and then as an executive officer. Um, and when I came back from that, I became um, a battle captain or an S3 um, for a Patriot unit battalion. Um, and I did that for a year before I moved on and took a position with Love's Travel Stops. Maybe we'll go back to the um, the decision to get out. I think sometimes it's helpful for listeners to kind of understand some of the motivations. Why did you decide to get out of the, uh, to, to leave the Army and pursue a career in the business world? Really, for me, it came down to career progression. Um, and on the corporate side of things, and that's proven itself true in my case, um, your ability to promote almost exclusively on, on merit and not time and service. So, I, I mean, we talk about how to market yourself to other companies and certainly taking nothing away from the Army because that's the reason that I'm here. But um, I was really drawn to the for-profit side of things. Um, and learned that if I went with a for-profit company, um, the pay gets a little bit better and and uh, the career progression is, is a lot faster. Um, you know, in, in these companies, you can get to a district level, multi-unit leadership position um, in two to three to four years, where in the army, if you're fast tracking, it would take you 10 to 12. Um, and so that really appealed to me. Um, 
And the Army was always just a great way to build a resume, get some great leadership experience. Um, and I had always planned on transitioning into the corporate side of things as, as soon as my five-year commitment was up. You know, it's interesting, Eric. I remember working with you in El Paso making the transition. You were really interested in general management. I think we even talked about you wanted to interview for love with loves. Um, it, and I think I'm recalling that right. What what was it about getting into general management and a, and something like loves that was attracting you before you even started interviewing? Sure. Um, so the way that loves has their company set up, a general manager is a an equity holder in the company and in whatever location they're managing. So you kind of get the benefits of being a, a franchisee without taking on the cost of, of buying the facility. Um, and the way that Loves does it, you know, their general managers or our general managers, we have a lot of operational control um, and run very autonomously at our locations. And so everything from hiring, firing, business decisions, sales, um, you know, that's all controlled by the general manager. And you get an opportunity as a GM to take on, I mean, I, when I left Hope Hall, Alabama as a GM, I was running five five different profit centers in, in three different sectors of the market. Um, and so you get an opportunity, no day is the same. Um, and you get a chance to really kind of get your hands on a lot of different things um, that certainly make you more marketable within the company of loves, but, you know, elsewhere as well. You know, a lot of times I think when people first hear about loves or the opportunity with loves, they think at hey, travel stop, they can even take it, take it to another level if they want and say gas station. And yeah. I don't think I can do that. But we've had a lot of alum. We were talking about Dave Hansen. I'm going to talk tomorrow and do another podcast with him. And he's, been there a little bit longer. Um, but I'm just curious because I think it'd be a, it's just a great story where it's not always about the product or maybe the service that a company provides. There's so much more that seems to go into a career wide. Not seems I know this from what I do. How do you how if you were talking to your you're going back to a reunion, going to mom and dad and or you're going to a family event and they, you tell them you work at Love's, you might get a reaction to Love's, or the travel stop, truck stop. What are all the reasons that you tell them of why you chose Love's in addition to the growth in terms of whatever it may be, the culture, the responsibility, all the other things that come within a career, or maybe if you're talking to another JMO that's thinking about getting out, but don't choose a company just based on what they do. Right. Yeah, I mean, you you take the money out of it and the equity out equity out of it. Um, you're responsible for the profit and loss of a forty million dollar a year center. Um, and how old are you, by the way? I'm thirty. Thirty. So how many thirty year olds out there are responsible for forty million dollars? Not very cost many. of revenue. Yeah, not just like right. maintenance and equipment, forty million, like we did in the military, but generating. $40 million of revenue. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, <clears throat> they're expensive to run as well, but when you include it all in there, that, that really is the number. Um, when you look at the, the truck care center, the three restaurants that you'll be maintaining, um, 
and the truck stop side of things. Your name is on that profit and loss statement and it, it says it right there every month when it comes out. Um, and everything on there you're held accountable for. Um, and for a lot of people, that's, that's an exciting opportunity to be given um, that much autonomy and, and that much freedom to, to run a business. Um, and that is something that I kind of thought Loves would be able to provide going in, but I can, I can certainly attest to that is absolutely true. Um, and I'm still very happy with the decision that I made three years ago. But it's not like you just walked in and you started managing a store right away. No, um, it's certainly right. not. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, and I can I can certainly speak to that. Um, I was hired as an operations manager in Jacksonville, Florida. And what that means is you are one of two or three other managers that work under a general manager. Um, and for a JMO, that, that process can take anywhere from four months to a year and a half, typically to make the transition from operations manager to general manager. And, and operations manager is probably one of the tougher jobs that we have in the company because, you know, you're expected to, to work 50 to 60 hours a week and it's shift work. So the typical schedule for an operations manager is a, a 2 p.m. to about 12 a.m. shift. Um, and it's typically like a Wednesday through Monday or a Wednesday through Sunday. So, you know, going from a military kind of 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, um, it's a big transition. You know, you have to adjust your social life and adjust, you know, your ability to see family and friends and things like that. And, but if you keep your head down, it's really just a six-month process to learn the business. Um, so that's how every, almost every JMO will start off as an operations manager. But the light at the end of the tunnel is is typically you're promoted in that time frame to general manager of a property. Um, and the hours stay about the same, but that goes to a Monday through Friday schedule, 6.30 to 5.30. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, I guess that's the initial hump to get over is, is that shift work 50, 60 hours a week as an operations manager, and you're not the one running the show yet. Um, so you kind of have to have the humility to take some direction and, and learn the business and, and spend that six months absorbing as much information as possible. Because once you make general manager, there's really not a lot of opportunity to, to fail or make mistakes. Yeah, but the, this program works because our alum that have gotten to that general manager level have been successful. It's, the, it's getting through that path starting and getting to the general manager level and overcoming the the hours and the investment that you put in that first six months. So obviously this program works as we have alum that have moved into the general manager and then have actually moved into corporate jobs and merchandising um, and other things as well. And now uh, you're moving as well. I mean, you've got talk a little bit about your progression since moving to that general manager role and where you're going to next. Sure. So Loves is a, a company that values the ability to relocate. Um, and that offered me several jobs um, while I've been with the company over the last three years. And the way it works is as a general manager, you receive 20% equity in the total operating profit of the location. So um, it makes sense from an op 
from a nonprofit and a, and an equity standpoint to take the biggest stores you can get your hands on because they're going to generate the most revenue. Um, so when I was promoted to general manager, I was offered a position uh, outside of Savannah, Georgia, and I took on that location and I ran that for about eight months. Um, however, as far as development, that location only offered a truck care center and a travel center. So I was really running two profit centers at the time. Um, I talked to my divisional director, who's my boss, two levels up from me. Um, and he said, hey, Eric, you know, we appreciate what you're doing, but we'd like to see you overseeing a restaurant as well. Um, and a position opened up in, in a town called Lee, Florida, kind of in north central Florida for me to run that business and get my hands on um, some restaurant experience as well. So I went to Lee, Florida and ran that store for about a year, uh, a little under. Um, got an opportunity to work in the restaurant, the truck care center and the travel center. Um, and at that point, I had really kind of gotten the hang of, of being a general manager. And so I got another phone call um, that asked me to go to Hope Hall, Alabama, which is one of our busiest locations in the company, um, certainly on the southeast coast. Um, it needed some help. It needed a general manager because their GM had quit about a week before. Um, and they just kind of needed somebody to go in and um, give it some stability. But from an equity standpoint, you know, it's a it's a huge profit driver. So it was, although I, I stayed a general manager, it was a promotion in equity. Um, which is kind of what you want to look at when you're going through this process is you want to try to, you take on a big store in the beginning, it's going to be hard to kind of, you know, wrap your head around it. I, I was able to take on three stores in that final third store. I felt more prepared to take on a, a travel center of that volume. Um, so I ran Hope Hall for about 11 months and that brought us to about a week ago where I was offered a position as the district truck care manager. Um, for 1930 North, and that's covering uh, 23 truck care center territory um, in Ohio, Michigan, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. Um, I had um, fairly extensive truck care experience while, you know, running a store as a GM, um, and so this is just another opportunity for me to kind of take on um, more locations. Um, and develop as a as a multi unit leader. You know, in in every time that you, I think this is key too, right? Every time that you you moved, every that you um, you took a promotion, and there's an increase in compensation um, that came along the way, also. Um, right. And that's a big part of this program is that you know, I think with this may have been lost that you, I just want to verify, you now have equity in loves, like shares in the company that's, that has value. Part of your promotions yeah. and moving to general management. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge jump from operations manager to general management An operations manager um, has a 0.5% equity stake and a general manager has a 2%. So you know, you're increasing four times there. Um, and there are some locations where a general manager can make more love shares than even someone in the, at the corporate level because of the size volume that they're doing. Um, 
and it's it's substantial, you know. Um, tell me, you know, we before we got in here, we talked a little bit about some of the um, some of your experience and things like that. But what advice would you have to people who are like officers that are listening to the podcast and either thinking about getting out or even maybe in the midst of making a strategy of how they want to interview and and uh, um, who they want to interview with? Yeah, I think in, in speaking for loves um, or speaking from my experience with loves, especially in the beginning um, and throughout your career, humility is really key um, because you're no longer the, the subject matter expert in your field. Um, and with my company, you know, your ability to read and analyze a profit and loss statement and understand business acumen and be able to communicate that effectively, not only to your boss, but also your peers and, and your subordinates or the people who work for you is, is paramount. And you have to be able to explain that profit and loss statement in ways that make sense to different people. Um, you know, I think you can pick up the basic skills of what we do fairly quickly, but understanding the business is the biggest the biggest part. And you truly have to work in every area of the business to truly understand how to influence those numbers and generate sales. Um, so in the beginning, you're you're going to be doing some some very humbling things. I remember I got out of the army as a as a captain. Um, and when I began with loves, you're doing everything from making subway sandwiches to cleaning the restrooms <laughs> and showers and, and, uh, running a register. Um, but it's all part of the process. Everybody starts kind of at, at the baseline so that you have a general understanding of everything that every person that you hire does. Um, and looking back, it's, it's a great, it's a great model for, for developing. Um, but it can be a bit of a culture shock in the beginning for, for a captain or a lieutenant in the army, you know, fresh into what they see as, as corporate business, because it's not the idea that you have in your head, you know, when you're going through the Cameron Brooks process. Um, and you guys did a great job of preparing me for that. Chuck called me um, when I decided to take the job with us and he said, Hey, listen, there's going to be some nights where, you're making an Arby's sandwich at two o'clock in the morning and you're going to wonder, you know, why did I take this job? Um, and you always are going to have those thoughts that in any career field that you choose um, when you're having a tough day or a tough week or a tough month. But um, I was able to maintain my humility and, and power through that and see the light at the end of the tunnel and know where I wanted to get to. And, and it's paid off so far. It really has. Um, and I speak very highly of the training process that Loves provides because it does require you to have an understanding of every facet of the business, from the profit and loss statement to why we clean the toilet. Um, yeah. What's your quality of life like now? Like now that you're kind of you're a few years past this, I do think it's something that at least people that are considering Loves, for example, they can't, sometimes can't get past the first year, maybe 18 months, because it is long hours. Um, but what is it like now? Your quality of life with loves is, is kind of, a, it, it's, up to, it's up to you to an extent, because like I said, if you're a general manager, you are 
you're running that business and your ability to run that, that business well, you're going to surround yourself with people that can, can kind of lighten the burden. Um, and so as a general manager in a location that you have running smoothly, your quality of life increases drastically. Um, you know, you, you work the required number of hours to run that business effectively. Um, but once you have it running well, your days can go from 15 hours a day, you know, down to nine or 10 or eight. Um, and that's really up to you and, and your ability to effectively manage and lead. Um, but I mean, we talked about as an operations manager, the shift work and, and kind of the monotony of that, that, that goes away as soon as you make general manager. And when you take on an above store leadership position, like I'm about to go into now, um, there's a lot of, of travel involved. Um, but your Fridays are, you're analyzing your business from home and then you have your weekends, um, mostly to yourself. So the quality of life improves with each step that you take with the company. Um, and as with anything, you know, there are going to be weeks or months where you've got to put a lot of time in, but, but it does slacken and we are a very seasonal business in a lot of areas. And so the summertime right now is, uh, it's kind of a buckle down and, and do what you need to do to, to maintain the business and make it successful. But, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. So the quality of life certainly does improve. And if you can kind of see that the forest through the trees um, during your first six months with the company, it, it really does get better. When how does it compare now? I think one of the questions I'm thinking about, how does it compare now to to what you had when you were in the army? It's pretty, the, I would say the op tempo is pretty similar. Um, but you're never going to be asked to, to leave home for long periods of time or, you know, you're always, you're as a general manager or an operations manager, you're guaranteed to go home every day. Um, there's no, there are no field problems, no six to 10 weeks in the field or, or deployments that take a year to 16 months. Um, it's, it's very similar. Um, but I would say is also different. And the compensation is a lot better. Um, it really is. What um, have you found much time for um, self-development or quality of life outside of work? I know for the first couple of years, it's nose to the grindstone there, but have you found ways to balance work with life? Yeah, I absolutely have. Um, I actually, you know, just got married on Friday. So oh, wow. and I Congratulations. Are, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We've been. We bought a house in Montgomery, um, which we'll probably uh, start renting once we move to Columbus, but still doing some unpacking. Um, we've had a lot of time to spend together. And the company has been extremely um, generous in, in their ability to let me do that um, at a time when we are busy and we do have a lot going on at the stores. Um, they're a very family-oriented company and, and they truly will do whatever they need to do to support to support your family or, or your new family in my case. Um, so yeah, I've 
I've had plenty of time to, I, I have a lot more time for family and free time than I ever did in the military. Um, because I, my experience in the army, it was very difficult to ever kind of establish a home base. You know, you're always, if you're not moving around, you're being sent on a TCS or a deployment, um, somewhere else. And that's never going to happen. Um, on the corporate side of things, at least in, in my experience. Yeah, and you even found time to get married on a Friday in the middle of a, in the middle of a pan in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I'm assuming you didn't. I'm assuming you didn't have a large wedding. <laughs> no, it was it was just small family and some friends. So yeah, we made it work. Good, and uh, moving already. Well, do you um, you know what? I think I really, really want to get to because what is the key to getting through that first year because it's not just loves i mean loves is a great example and i think it's uh uh it's a perfect example of kind of like the really hard stuff that you're probably not thinking you're going to do when you get out but it's also a perfect example of if you can get through it you get to you get to step up you get to have more money a greater responsibility but you got to get through that first year and i think that there's a lot of junior officers think hey i'm going to get out I'm going to step right in and everything's going to be better right away in year one. I've already invested in this and I've already done this in the military. That's not the way it works in every case. Like even here at Cameron Brooks, Eric, I sat across from Renee Brooks, looked, took notes for her, made photocopies, listened to all of her phone calls. I helped Roger uh, like take notes on files. I carried suitcases when we went on the road. I like I did. I was like a year of apprentice of just like, I think I even like took down the Christmas tree in, in year one for the company and had to vacuum up all the needles <laughs> and everything. And I think Chuck had to do the same thing, you know, and, and I think it's just right. some, some companies have that culture, but boy, if you could survive, mine was more like a, a four year thing, three year thing. And I got better every time. And boy, when I got to 10 years, I made partner, but, but I just kept investing and chipping away. What, what is it that people need to keep to remember and think about, when they start that they don't lose the big picture of where they're going and just so much look at what's right in front of them. Yeah. Well, I think you nailed it with the, the humility portion that you really need to have going in. Um, you may not, in my case, in the beginning, be challenged, um, you know, mentally as much as you think you're going to be, or a lot of it is just getting the muscle memory down in the job that you're, that you're going to have. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's truly just being willing to put your head down and do the job that they're asking you to do. And if you do that, they've they've already set the goals for you and they're setting incremental goals um, and they do it for a reason. And if you do those things and you excel at those tasks, you're going to promote and you're going to move up. Um, I can say that I, I from, you know, speaking with other friends and seeing other friends that have gone through you know, similar JMO programs and things of that nature. Your first year and a half to two years, you haven't truly built a resume with any company for the most part that's going to propel you into that senior level management position that you ultimately are looking for. Um, you know, you've got to spend some time with a company and show progression within that company to make yourself marketable anywhere. Um and so I think you you have to kind of remember that because your first year with any company, if you start interviewing again, you're going to be interviewing for 
JMO level opportunities that were presented to you when you go to your your conference. Um, yeah, you're doing a do over all again. Over, you're doing a do do over all again. Over again. You, you really are, and and hopefully the reasons you left, you you find you know some fulfillment in that new role. But a lot of times that's not the case, and you wonder why you left. And and a lot of you know people that I know have come back to even loves um, a couple of years later, and then they have to start from the beginning again. So. Yeah, I think if you just you have that humility, you do what needs to be done. The company is going to keep your their eye on you because of because you're a a junior military officer because of the the pay rates that are um, negotiated before you're hired. You're automatically in any company that you decide to choose, you're going to be under a microscope, and so you may feel like you're doing things that are beneath you, um, but that's what your company is asking you to do, and and they have plans for you, whether they've they've outlined that or not. Um, because in business, you know, your salary comes out of the, the total profit of the location or, or the company that you're working for. And so they want a return on that investment and they're not wasting their time. Um, and from at a JMO level, they're going to be looking to place you into, you know, uh, leadership positions fairly quickly it just may not feel like it at the time um all of my promotions have come kind of out of nowhere i didn't know they were going to happen and you know within a week i was moving on to the to a new a new location or a new position um and i didn't have a lot of clarity on on my tracker or, or what was going to happen it it just happened because i continued to focus on the job at hand and, and the position that i was placed into at the time yeah, patience is a virtue. I think that's the lesson here. Patience is a virtue. And if you can be patient, the responsibility will come. Patience, make it, don't be afraid to clean the bathrooms, vacuum the Christmas uh, tree needles that fall, fall uh, fell down, take those, <laughs> carry, carry some of them, and just do the little things and be patient, and it will come. But I think, and then the mistake that people make, um, is that they get impatient and they chase and and then they got to be patient again and you know when we get into these podcasts the thing is eric i never know where they're going to go exactly like we don't as you know we didn't pre-plan what the topic was going to be but what a great topic that i think my kids need to hear (laughs) whether they be in middle school or in in college and every jmo that's thinking about the transition especially ones that are starting right now need to hear this podcast. Great, great advice. Great story. Congratulations on all your success as well as uh, getting married. Well, I really appreciate it, Joel. Um, no, I was happy to happy to do it. Um, Cameron Brooks did, did a lot for me, um, not only in preparing me for what I'm doing now, but the relationship that you built with Loves and um, being able to be someone that's come through this program and hopefully help you know, future JMOs go through this process because there aren't enough of us um, within the company and the ones that do decide to come on, they they need an outlet and somebody that they can talk to um, when they're going through that 2 a.m. sandwich making process and they're feeling like they want to they wanna quit. You always need to have people that you can kind of lean on. And, and I had that going through this process. Um, you know, Dave Hansen is a, is a similar 
someone that I, I knew I could reach out to if I needed to. And we also set up mentorship programs within the company for people um, in the junior military officer program. So they have someone that they can reach out to that's not their boss. You know, that can just be someone that you can correspond with when things are going rough or if you have questions. So all that is in place here. Um, and I'm certainly a resource for that as well. Once again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Uh, please binge on more. There's a lot more episodes out there if you have not listened to the previous 100 plus of them. And we look forward to doing more of these in the future also. You can learn more about us at uh, our website, cameronifrombrooks.com. We have our book, PCS to Corporate America, 4th Edition, on our website as well as on Amazon. And, of course, any suggestions, tips, comments, feel free to email me at joel, J-O-E-L, at cameronifrombrooks.com.